Roll, Viking fans. Today is Monday, December the 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2008. And this is Purple Mafia, episode number 20 of Purple Mafia, our first little milestone, or I guess second, the last one was episode number 10. Um, nothing majorly exciting when it comes to that, but, eh, you know, 20 is a nice number, and uh, it shows the show has survived, and that is thanks to all of you out there who have made this show possible, who have made the ratings of this show as good as they are, and uh, I encourage you to please tell a friend to make the ratings even better so this show can become more recognized nationally. I would appreciate that very, very much. Again, I want to wish all of you a Merry Christmas, as this will probably be my last show until Christmas. Well, yeah, I would have to be. And then it's off to the final week of the season against the New York Giants, the New York Giants, in which the Vikings will have the work cut out from again. Uh, first and foremost, though, before I get into any of that, this show is available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. I want to thank each and every one of you for downloading and listening to this show. On thesportstuff.com, we do have a message boards. That's a forum for all of you out there who are listening to this show and like it and would like to be a part of things like, say, maybe voting on the polls, which would be greatly appreciated if you did. All you have to do is... Uh, there's a button in the upper right-hand corner of the website. It says TSS Board. Simply click on that, and you'll be prompted to sign up. And I encourage you to do that. It's 100% free and 100% fun. And also, if not that, just simply go to the website, thesportspodcasters.com forward slash boards, thesportspodcasters.com forward slash boards. Either way, takes you to the same place. And that way you can interact with me and other shows. There are several shows on thesportstuff.com. You can interact on message boards, including NBA, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, uh, you know, racing, anything else, video games. There's video game talk as well. Other than that, though, with, fur- with no further ado, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk about this game. Here on thesportstuff.com, we're bursting in blue with Timberwolves Explosion. Timberwolves fans, your show has arrived at last as we bring in a new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, and Mike Miller. We're available on thesportstuff.com and also available on iTunes. Download and listen to in-depth and detailed coverage of your favorite team. Show your true blue and join this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Again, episode number 20, the review of the Atlanta Falcons game. Oh, goody, the Atlanta Falcons in the Metrodome. Hmm, we have some great memories of that, don't we? Yeah, we can tack on another one. But really quick, the commercial you just heard was Timberwolves Explosion. It is my other podcast, the second of my three podcasts, including this one and Brave the Wild. Now, I understand there is some malaise in this town regarding the Timberwolves being they are just putrid. And that, yeah, Kevin McHale is still a part of things. But if you're an NBA fan and you love basketball and you're willing to stick with this team despite the fact it's a disaster, like me, check it out. Timberwolves Explosion on iTunes and thesportstuff.com. 
Okay, well, yeah, like I said, we've had some horrible memories of the Atlanta Falcons in the Metrodome. We all remember the Minnesota Vikings were 15-1 and in 1998, a just amazing season. I mean, everything was going right, and I do mean everything was going right. The Vikings destroy the Arizona Cardinals in the second round as we got a first-round bye for the first time ever, I believe. And, uh, yeah, we're in the NFC Championship game. We are hosting it. Unfortunately, we're playing the second-best team in the NFC called the Atlanta Falcons, the Dirty Birds. And they were 14-2, and two, so they were pretty close to us record-wise. But, hey, everybody in this town, including myself, believed the Vikings would pull this thing off. Yet there was that little hint of concern, you know, that just couldn't stop tugging at you. Because this is Minnesota. This is the Vikings. You know, they never win the big one, right? They just never do. And, you know, despite the fact we had a really good first half, the Vikings looked great. Like, here we go. But then all of a sudden, Randall Cunningham fumbles. About about a minute left to go in the half. And Atlanta gets a quick touchdown. Hmm. And then what happens? Well, the Vikings never scored another point again the rest of the game. Other than, I believe, a small uh, a field goal, I believe. And then one that did not happen. Of course, we all know that. It would have put the Vikings up by 10. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. The second the ball came off Gary Anderson's foot, you knew it was going to miss by about a foot. One freaking foot. And it was the second the ball came off his foot. And, uh, yeah, Atlanta quickly tied it up. Uh, the problem is, yeah, the Vikings have 43 seconds to go. 43 seconds to go. With the greatest offense in NFL history, the best rookie receiver of all time, a quarterback who was playing at an MVP level, despite the fact he was kind of sucking in that fourth quarter, <laughs> and Dennis Green takes a knee, and the Vikings lose the coin toss, luckily stop the Falcons. Unfortunately, though, we didn't stop them the next time, as the Vikings did zero on their offensive opportunity, and the Falcons, we all know, went to the Super Bowl, and it broke all of our hearts. And that was the last time the Atlanta Falcons played in the Metrodome. <sighs> and we all know, again, last season, how the Vikings never win the big one. They never win the big one. Now, before I get into that real quick, I'm going to mention I was at the game yesterday because out of the out of the blue, my coworker Moa, and if you're listening, I want to appreciate I, I want to tell you I appreciate that very much. Uh, at our store, my uh, or Moa, one of our customers, just happened to give Moa tickets, saying, "Here, give this to somebody, or if you want them, or whatever." And Moa, you know, had other plans. First thing you know, who who does he call first? Me. So I appreciate that very much, Moa. And I go to my actual first Viking game in quite a while, as I'm more of a uh, spectator from the television. <laughs> That's how I get most of my uh, viewing done. And uh, that's why today's show strictly is going to be more emotion and what I saw rather than just kind of, you know, taking notes. I, I was I didn't really take notes yesterday, but this is going to be strictly emotion, kind of very specifically like the uh, Timberwolves explosion show. So hopefully you'll enjoy it very much. Um, now to get back to the topic at hand, we all remember what happened last year, the Vikings. Now the record was a little bit worse. We were. I believe we were 8 and 6. Yes, 8 and 6. And in come the Washington Redskins. The Washington Redskins come into the Metrodome. They're riding an emotional high. 
Well, maybe not high, but I mean their former teammate was uh, shot, unfortunately. And of course, Joe Gibbs, we all know what he does to the Vikings every time. It's a somewhat, it's a, it's a game of even the littlest, slightest importance. Joe Gibbs defeats the Vikings historically. And thank God he's not coaching anymore. But, uh, yeah, the Redskins come in, just completely smother Adrian Peterson, and we lose the game. We accomplish very virtually nothing. And uh, the following week we get beat by the Denver Broncos, and we finish 8-8 eight and eight and miss the playoffs. And, uh, that was just lame. That was very disappointing. Uh, and f- folks, Coming into this game at 9-5, and five, I was predicting the Minnesota Vikings to defeat the Atlanta Falcons, as I'm sure lots of other people were. I mean, it was a home game. We just destroyed the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, shame on me for this. Shame on me. The Arizona Cardinals, they're playing like crap for even taking that game seriously at all. The Cardinals did get destroyed yesterday, 47-7, to by the New England Patriots, with a backup quarterback that we all know, Matt Castle. Arizona Cardinals do absolutely nothing. Kurt Warner gets 36 freaking yards in the game. They get absolutely nothing accomplished. Yet they already have a division title wrapped up, so whatever. <laughs> we do not have a division title wrapped up. And again, the Vikings, just for some stinking reason, their offense goes to sleep again. And last year, on a video with the Washington Redskins, I mentioned, hey, why is it every time the Vikings need to win, a home game to get into the playoffs. Now, this doesn't mean they're out or anything, but it makes things a little more complicated. But, yeah, this game, they're, they're in no matter what if they win, right? And they never do it. And I called the Redskins a boring team, and uh, I do apologize to anybody that may have thought that was a stupid comment. Uh, no, they were not a boring team. They're, they're talented, and Atlanta absolutely is not a boring team. You got the rookie of the year in Matt Ryan, an MVP candidate. You have Michael Turner, who was the backup running back for LaDainian Tomlinson last year. And he got, or got, excuse me, he got his 16th touchdown of the season last year. 16th touchdown, 70 yards. I mean, he wasn't amazing, but with 70 yards, that ain't bad. Ain't bad. He, he, he got the touchdown, and that's all that mattered. I mean, he's a pretty big, giant guy. 16 touchdowns for Michael Turner, folks. So, yeah, this is not a boring team at all. Their defense is decent. Not the greatest ever. But there's a guy on the Minnesota Vikings who has actually has more, the only guy in the NFC who has more rushing yards than Michael Turner. Now, Michael Turner right now is 1,491 yards. Adrian Peterson of the Vikings has close to 1,600. But he didn't get any touchdown yesterday. He also fumbled, I guess you could say one and a half times. Statistically, they say Jackson fumbled twice. Now, one of them was a horrible snap, just a horrible snap. And uh, But he didn't react to it, and he didn't, you know, I mean, it was kind of both of their fault, really. I mean, Matt Burke and Tavares Jackson, that was just a terrible exchange. Another was when Peterson and Jackson were making an exchange, and the ball just winded up on the ground, wound up on the ground. So they only record Peterson's one fumble for some reason. That was when the Vikings, now the Vikings were down 14-7 to at the time. Adrian Peterson Literally just fumbles the ball forward on the 10-yard line. I mean, talk about a rally killer right there. I mean, that was devastating for this team. Uh, There were so many stupid plays in this game. It just made me sick. Um, Real quick, though, I'll just get into this. Uh, Michael Turner was the man that got the Falcons up 7 to nothing. Just getting, you know, a a goal-line rush. 
about halfway through the uh, first quarter, and near the end of the first quarter, Tavares Jackson hits his his buddy, the guy that you know you could say cost him his job, and the MVP of the game, by the way, Vasante Shenko, for his first touchdown of the game, first of two touchdowns, and then Matt Ryan was able to get Jarius Norwood a catch and run into the end zone, eight yard touchdown run early in the second quarter to make it fourteen to seven. And then off of that horrible fumble by uh, Adrian Peterson, now, I'm sorry, but I uh, pissed me off. Jason Elam winds up with a chip shot, 22-yard field goal to make it 17-7, and it's just like ah. Well, that wasn't off that fumble, I'll say, but it was um, not too long after that. Uh, you know, that was very, very frustrating. Fortunately, the Vikings defense made several stands in this game. That was very exciting. Uh, it kept them, it kept them alive, but at 17 to 7 going into the half, eh, just, you know, they, you just go in with a real sour feeling, really sour. Uh, I don't know how many times Tavares Jackson missed open people, like Berrien, like Shanko, like Andre Allison. I mean, there were numerous times. Uh, Bobby Wade just totally sucks, by the way. On a return, he just catches the ball down immediately. Uh, Chester Taylor just kind of was lazy catching a touchback <laughs> in the uh, off of a kickoff. That didn't look good either. I, I don't know. Just so many plays in this game that drove me nuts. But uh, that was the half, seventeen to seven. Oh goody! And then the play of the game, or the most frustrating play I've ever seen, quite possibly. Well, not ever, but it didn't make much sense to me. Um, Falcons go on a drive. They just continue to get it done. First down after first down. Matt Ryan getting these nine-yard gains here and there, you know, with nice passes to whomever, you know, Roddy White and such. And they get to the goal line or the red zone, whatever. They're at the four-yard line. Matt Ryan sees nobody's open, then goes for it. Gets upended. The ball comes out of his hands. The Vikings clearly recover the ball, and I mean clearly recover the ball. They're all pointing in their direction, and all of a sudden the ref calls for a touchdown. And next thing you know, it's 24 to 7, and we're in big, big, big trouble. 24 to 7 is not good news, folks. Not at all. Not the way the Vikings offense was playing in this game. Peterson, it seems like every time he touched the ball, you're afraid he's going to fumble. Either that or he's going to get a lousy two-yard gain or no gain. And, um... Okay, it was like, whatever. You know, me and my brother were there looking at each other like, what the hell just happened? I mean, that that was pretty much the play of the game right there. That took sucked all the life out of the building, and I'm sure it sucked it out of the Vikings. It sure looked like it, as they don't score a single point in that third quarter. Not a single point. There were countless times that uh, Tavares Jackson, again, you know, they were, we were in a situation, it was third and nine. He'd have somebody open. I don't know if this was Childress or Jackson. I mean, I, I don't know anymore because there were open people. But Jackson would choose, let's say, Vasante Shanko or uh, Bob, Bobby Wade. Uh, Bernard Berrien were open 20 yards away, 15 yards away, which would have been an easy first down. Instead, he elects to go to somebody like Tahi, oh, goody, the fullback, or Chester Taylor or Adrian Peterson two yards in front of him. Now remember, it was third and nine, and there were three Falcons just standing there waiting to tackle him. And uh, yeah, there were a lot of boo birds, folks. The dirty birds brought out the boo birds in this game. As uh, yeah, and anytime you do that, and that has just been the most frustrating thing 
ever. I mean, how many times have we seen it in this weak Brad Childress offense that the Vikings make a two-yard dump pass on third and nine? And and what happens? Time to punt. It's time to punt, folks. And uh, you can't win in the National Football League, and certainly not against a competitive team like the Atlanta Falcons. You can't win with that kind of offense, with that kind of play calling, and that kind of decision-making. That is Brad Childress's fault. That is Tavares Jackson's fault. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. Both of them just suck, and I would love to see a complete change at both positions next year. Of course, we're not there yet. Um, other than that, uh, the Vikings finally amount some type of a uh, drive fairly early in the fourth quarter, but we only get a field goal. Oh, goody. As we get stopped again by that Atlanta Falcons defensive line. But then, and then late in the fourth quarter, you know, after exchanging a bunch of uh, stops, I mean, the Vikings defense stopped the Falcons nicely after this. I mean, there were a lot of stands that they got it done, a couple of three and outs that were huge. It kept the Vikings in the game, so I'm going to give them some credit, believe it or not. And um, Tavares Jackson, late in the fourth quarter, was able to hit Vasante Shenko for his second touchdown of the game from 17 yards out. That was probably the nice, well, that was the best play of the game that I saw, in, you know, offensively in this whole game. And uh, I, I hate to say it, but it's true, other than maybe Adrian Peterson 20-some yard run. Um, officially, yeah, it was a 17-yard run, my bad. Uh, the, well, Tavares Jackson looked like Cunningham a little bit out there. He actually went, he actually rushed eight times, 76 yards for Tavares Jackson, including a couple of 20-plusers. One went for 29 yards. Again, looking like Cunningham. But, uh, yeah, that last play, that last touchdown to Vasante Shenko, who finished with 136 yards, by the way. So any of you out there who had him on your fantasy team, celebrate. You probably won the championship. And when you get a tight end with numbers like that, you're probably going to win. Congrats on that. But, uh, oh, goody. I mean, the Vikings offense just didn't get it done down the stretch. We blew multiple fourth down attempts. We didn't complete on one of them. Uh, one time we got lucky. We were going to punt the Falcons jump off sides. That was good stuff, but again, we didn't accomplish a damn thing out of it. We ended up punting or fumbling or whatever. You know, that's just all it ever seems to be with this team. And it drives me nuts. Uh, Peterson, again, just did not get it done. The number is better than the play would indicate. 76 yards and 22 rushes, 3.5 average. You know, that's not that good anyway. But, uh, yeah, look at these numbers, though. Look at these average catches. 5.2 a catch for Taylor. Oh, goody. 7.6 on five catches for Bobby Wade. It just shows you nothing going there other than Vasante Shenko. That guy's the guy who could, you know, that was the only guy where he made any big plays. Where he, he averaged about 20 yards a catch. Seven catches, 136. That's good stuff. Barian was invisible in this game. Only 18 yards and two catches, and uh, he fumbled the ball as well. I mean, there were so many fumbles. God, it just makes me sick. We turned the ball over four frickin' times in this game to the Falcons. Zip. Zero. Ray Edwards got two sacks in this game, a couple that were really big in those three and outs. Uh, Ray Edwards did play great in this game. He was the best player on the defensive side of the ball, in my opinion. I mean, he'd have to be. I can't think of anybody else. Allen was pretty invisible. Kevin Williams was okay. Antoine Winfield tackled people, yeah, after they made catches. <laughs> you know, okay, that's nice. But 
other than that, uh, <laughs> just another, just chalk it up, another Minnesota game. Another game where your team just totally lets you down in a game you need to win. Uh, Vikings now have to hope that uh, Chicago is beaten by the Green Bay Packers, the absolutely slumping Green Bay Packers tonight on Monday Night Football. I'm sure many of you will be watching, or are watching, I guess, whenever this podcast is released. Um, it kind of sucks, though, when you, you control your own destiny and now you got to worry about somebody else. You blew it, and that's Viking football. With that, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to review, or preview, excuse me, the New York Giants, the final game of the regular season. And we'll be right back after this. Here on the sportstuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on the sportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman, Derek Bugard, says you better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. We are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 20. And uh, the previous episode you just heard, Brave the Wild. The previous commercial you heard, Brave the Wild, my Minnesota Wild hockey podcast, available on iTunes and thesportstuff.com. They suck as well. Good stuff. No, the show doesn't suck, but the Wild are sucking right now. How about that? Yeah, this is a really tough place to do podcasts right now. It really is. This is not fun. <laughs> Looking at the way these teams are playing. Now, I enjoy doing podcasting. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not enjoying the way things are going to these teams. Vikings were doing great until yesterday, and yeah, oh goody. Now we got to play the 12 and 3 New York Giants, as that is what we are getting into right now. They have clinched home field advantage throughout the playoffs, as did the Tennessee Titans at 13 and 2. Ay, 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 ay. Tennessee Titans, a surprise over there in the NFC this year. The Giants, somewhat of a surprise as well. I don't think too many people saw them as a potential favorite to repeat as Super Bowl champs right now. I think they are. Who else is going to win the Super Bowl this year? I don't know. Patriots? Maybe. Wouldn't that be something? Rematch, and the Patriots then are the team of miracle, the team of destiny, right? Well, we'll see. Fortunately, this game is in the Dome, but that didn't matter yesterday, did it? It really didn't. Um, I'm not optimistic going into this game at all. I mean, how can I be? I can't be optimistical. <laughs> this is not an easy team to beat, the New York Giants. Uh, they took out the number two seed, the team that's probably going to be the number two seed, the Carolina Panthers, yesterday. 24 to 28. 24. 34 to 28. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, they survive a amazing game by D'Angelo Williams, 108 yards and four touchdowns, but Brandon Jacobs makes up for that, 87 yards and three touchdowns. Just an absolute run em, go to the, go for the throat type of game between these two teams. It goes to overtime. Brandon Jacobs rushes it into the end zone. I don't know why the Giants wouldn't just kick a field goal there, but okay. I guess it doesn't really matter. Of course, I didn't get to see the game because I was at the Viking game. So uh, I didn't see any replays. All I know is that the Giants pulled it out, and this was an amazing running game. Um, Ward, unbelievable. Ward with 215 yards on the ground. 
So there's a pretty f- phenomenal running game over there in New York. 215 yards on the ground for Ward, 87 for Jacobs, folks. Yikes! That is insane. Uh, Eli Manning just doing what he needs to do. Don't don't throw your team out of the game. No interception. One touchdown, 181 yards. Quarterback rating, 94.8. 63% completion percentage. Um, that's who Eli Manning is. He's not his brother, Peyton Manning, where it's go for the throw, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Um, it doesn't look like we're going to have to worry about Plexico Burris in this game, at least that I know of at this point in time. And boy, oh boy, what an exciting announcement by Brad Childress today. DeVaris Jackson is the starter again next week, no matter what. So aren't you guys excited? Um, not that the alternative is any better, but, uh, I mean, Jackson is playing okay. The numbers were better, though, than the play because he missed a lot of open people. The reason why his completion percentage was high was because there were those lame six-yard, three-yard dump passes. That does not make you a great quarterback. Sorry, it just doesn't. Eli Manning can do more <laughs> than DeVaris Jackson, that's for sure. Um I don't know about our running game going against this defensive line. Yeah, I know Michael Strehan's done. That doesn't mean they don't still have Tuck and others. I mean, this defensive line is pretty awesome still in New York. And there's a reason why they are the favorites to win the NFC and quite possibly go back-to-back as Super Bowl champs. Um, now, we know the Giants have nothing to play for next week, and the, there's a good chance they'll, see some, they'll sit some people. But that doesn't mean the Vikings are going to win the game. It really doesn't. We're just going to have to see what happens. Uh, I don't see Tom Coughlin being the kind of coach that's going to say, okay, we can afford to lose this game. Tom Coughlin is one of the crustiest, toughest guys I've ever seen, and uh, he's going to make his guys play hard no matter what. So <laughs> I can't pick the Vikings in this game, folks. I think New York's going to win. I'm sorry, but I think the New York Giants win this game, believe it or not. Uh, and then it's it's just... Up to what happens between Green Bay and Chicago tonight and Chicago and Houston next week. I think the Bears control the destiny in this division right now. And I apologize again for my negativity, but honesty is always the best policy, as said in the business. Real quick, though, I had a poll against the you know the Detroit Lions game. Of course, I missed last week because my schedule. I didn't get to see the game because I was at work. Nothing I can do. There was a poll about who was your MVP against Detroit. The choices were Jared Allen, Tavares Jackson, Pat Williams, and Vasante Shenko. I went with Jared Allen because he came up and got it done in this game. Absolutely awesome in that particular game. Uh, after getting hurt by uh, Godser Sherilis. I'm glad I actually remember that name as well as I do. How, how can you forget, right? And uh, 50% of you went with Jared Allen, 50% with Tavares Jackson. Of course, me with Alan and Mavs fan is the only commenter in this one. Well, now he's calling himself Daz. He's the host of Mavs Mania, Dallas Mavericks basketball podcast on the sportsstuff.com. His comment is, I went with Jackson. The guy came in and was able to lead a fourth quarter drive that put them ahead. And before he came in, the offense looked quite anemic. Nice thought there. I think his passes look crisp, and he did very well managing the game, especially for not playing since the second week of the season, and that is really good thoughts there. Darren, who is the host of Mavs Mania, good thoughts there. I 
agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Uh, I picked Jared Allen mostly because of his survival, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't blame a soul for picking Tavares Jackson in that game. He was instant offense for the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, too bad he wasn't that yesterday. Atlanta's defense, though, a lot better than Detroit's. But what can you do? We still had to beat Detroit, otherwise we wouldn't be in a playoff situation right now, and Childress would most likely be in the soup line, <laughs> as a lot of us in Minnesota would not mind that. Uh, Lions are now 0-15, by the way, creamed by the St. Louis, St. Louis, New Orleans Saints, the other saint. <laughs> the Saints get it done, and uh, yeah. Detroit, very strong possibility of going 0-16. Congratulations to the Detroit Lions on a marvelous season, an accomplishment that has never been done before. Rod Marinelli's crew has a chance to make history, and they will play the Packers next week in Lambeau Field. Watch the Packers choke and blow it. (laughs) We'll see what happens. With that, though, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. A little bit different approach. I'm not going to do a poll this week because I'm just not. I uh, just didn't have the notes today. And uh, I really hope, again, that you appreciated the show and liked the approach. I would like to talk to you again next week. Hopefully the Vikings will be playoff bound. And at that point in time, you'll have enjoyed your Christmas dinner and your Christmas presents. Enjoy. Merry Christmas to all of you and to all of you. Good night.